brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As they say, this kid Leodo, this is for my gigolos and my gigolettes. The dude who like jumps into barbed wire shit all the time. <laughs> Go ahead. You like it. What's up, Gigolo? Hey oh. Welcome back into another episode of the TFA Dino Show. This is episode 30, part two of hashtag embrace debate. Tom and I are going over wide receivers and tight ends, and we're gonna talk to each other about why the other person is wrong with their individual ranking on certain players at the wide receiver and tight end position. So Tom, there are some guys that you and I didn't see eye to eye on, but you know, we both, we both respect each other, but you were pretty wild on some of these rankings, man. I'm just going to, I just got to say that right now. Like you were pretty disrespectful to some of these players. Uh, yeah. I'm the disrespectful one. Okay, yeah. sir. I just, your bias is, your bias is getting in, in front of your face and you, you can't see the trees through the forest. I couldn't. I couldn't hold about. back. I, I. I had to let you know that there is just absolute malfeasance happening with your rankings. Okay. I don't understand how we get like a million hits on our rankings that because your rankings are so wrong. Oh, they must be there for me. That's it. Sick burn, dude. <laughs> I know. I got it. Okay, but before we jump into our rankings disputes, we want to go over our question of the week like we do most weeks. And Tommy, you came to me with the question of the week this in this particular week. So what did you have for our question? All right, so Roberto, you're on death row. You've committed the crime of being horrible at ranking. You're going to die. Okay, so your question of the week is, this is your last meal. It can be anything. What's it going to be? Hmm. Man, it's hard to envision a scenario where I am considered the bad ranker, but I'm going to, I'm going to do it just for this exercise, this hypothetical exercise. And I'm going to say, you know, the traditional, I feel like it's, it's pretty, everybody says this, but a very good uh, T-bone steak, not this fancy ribeye, not this, uh, uh, you know, prime rib. I'm going to do a good medium rare T-bone steak with asparagus and mashed potatoes. I think that would be a very filling, very South Dakotan last meal. And now, and now Kansan, I'm, I got to start adopting my Kansan roots. I've been here for four years now. So that is a very Midwest last meal for Robbie. All right. You know what? That's, that's perfectly fine. You are simple. So we'll go with that. Um, I, <laughs> I love me some barbecue. Uh, I, I love some really good ribs. Uh, however, I think I'm going to go with a really, really, really good pasta in like a white wine lemon sauce with some crab meat and some shrimp. 
Oh man, if you go to a good Italian restaurant and you put some heat on it, like a Diablo, oh man, I'm doing it. That that's that's probably what I'm doing. And then you can put some mussels on there, and you get some nice bread and the, all the dipping stuff in there with the bread. And you got you, you don't know anything about that because there's like six Italians per capita in like wherever you live, so it's, well, it's embarrassing. So if I, you like, here, I gonna... like how you I like how you start off and you start talking about barbecue, and then you're like, yeah, yeah. So I'd like myself some barbecue, but I that's do. not what I'm picking at all. Like, no. why, why would you even pump up the Kansas City guys? Because I, I mean, yeah. because it's re- listen because it's. I love barbecue to the point where it's it's that close, where right now I'm feeling like some pasta. Let's get to some of these ranking disputes. So, Tom, we're going to – you know, the first time we did this uh, a couple weeks ago with the quarterbacks and running backs, we, we were struggling to find some differences, right? We were pretty much on par with most of the running backs, with almost all of the quarterbacks. Like our biggest discrepancy was like three or four spots. Man, that was not the case with uh, wide receivers and tight ends. Let's kick it off with Brandon Ayuk. I have him ranked in Dynasty at wide receiver 28. You have him at wide receiver 17. DLF has him at 22 in Superflex. And then for some reason, they're kind of split. I I put some double rankings on here because in single QB, they have him at 17. There's some discrepancy there. But anyways, he's 17 to 22, depending on the format. Tell me why you have him at wide receiver 17. I have have him at 17, basically. His profile, his athletic profile coming out, I still like him in that offense. You don't like him in the offense because you don't think it's going to be a high-volume offense, but I think his Don't efficiency... speak for me. Don't speak for me. I'll speak for myself. Right. Whatever. Uh, all right. Do you like this offense because it's going to be a low-volume passing? Hell no. Low-passing offense. Okay, so I'm right with everything I just said, right? <laughs> all right. Yeah, Raheem Mostert to the moon. Go, Trey Sermon. That's going to be great. Now we're talking. Uh, they're going to throw the ball. But the way Brandon Ayuk finished the season last year, and that's what everybody's talking about that likes him, and he was the wide receiver three as far as fantasy points a game from week seven to 15. Okay, now he missed two games there because he had COVID, and I think he had an ankle injury, so that's baked in there. Uh, but he was averaging 20.8 uh, fantasy points a game in a regular PPR league. So, I mean, he had 69 targets through those games, 568 yards. He's just – I love the player. I love the profile. I think what they're going to wind up doing with Trey Lance is going to benefit him a hell of a lot more than than Debo. So I think he's insulated there with the value, and I just – I really like him. I think his low – I think his floor is like a low-end wide receiver two, and his ceiling is going to be a low-end wide receiver one. But I think he's going to be pretty consistent. Go ahead, go ahead, Robbie. Dude, Get at me, no dog. Way he sniffs low end wide receiver one, unless we see George Kittle and Debo Samuels both miss a majority of the season again. I don't let's, even. I don't let, think Debo matters. Be, let's start off. Let's start on. off with the low passing volume. This is a team that does not throw the ball uh, on the higher end of the spectrum for NFL teams, right? They are in the lower half, sometimes even the the lower third of NFL teams in passing attempts. Um, they, And I don't think that's going to get any better if they make the switch to Trey Lance. Honestly, if we're saying what is best for Brandon Ayuk in that passing offense, it's probably they let Jimmy Garoppolo play as long as he can. If they're playing well, they've won a majority of games, they're looking at a playoff uh at the playoffs and potentially further. 
Um, they're going to st stick with Jimmy Garoppolo, and I think they should because Trey Lance is obviously a run-first quarterback, and we're going to see those passing attempts dwindle. And I don't think this offense has enough to support all three widers or all three pass catchers. And that's because when we saw all three on the field from weeks four through seven, here was Brandon Ayuk's totals for those four weeks: eighteen receiving yards, forty-four receiving yards, twelve receiving yards, and then one hundred fifteen. He had one very good game. And then he had three games of under 44 yards, two of them under 18 yards. Not great. And so my point is not all three of these guys can succeed. I bet your counter argument is Debo is going to be the guy that falls back, but he, they're all going to get targets. It's not like they're just going to, Ayuk's going to get 40 more targets than, than Debo. No, they're not a high passing volume offense. There's not that big of a gap between these two wide receivers. Um, I honestly think he takes a step back in targets, um, even though he had a slow start and he missed two games. So, yeah, I'm just I'm just not on him as a anywhere near wide receiver one. He's uh just outside wide receiver two territory for me. So Debo has he he's averaged four targets a game through two years. That scares me zero. Debo doesn't scare me. Kittle being out there actually opens things up for him. So we have this argument. It's like the chicken and the egg all the time. When you have another weapon out there, it funnels targets to whoever and, you know, takes targets away from somebody. It's the Julio and A.J. Brown debate, Julio, Calvin Ridley before. How's it going to work because they have this many weapons? Well, it can work pretty well if, you know, defenses have to account for other people. And the next thing you know, the quarterback has easy throws to make. And Brandon Ayuk is one of those guys out there who runs really good routes, gets open a lot, and is going to be a quarterback's best friend, especially how he can run after he gets the ball in his hand. That was his big thing when he was coming out was as soon as he gets the ball in his hands, he, he runs like a running back. So Trey Lance fits that as far as with the quick hitting passes. Uh, now that's down the road. I think Jimmy will be, Jimmy G will be fine. And I think Jimmy G will be really good for Ayuk. And I think his, value is going to be insulated when Jimmy G's in there because they're going to be connecting more often and he's going to have good games as, a, as opposed to having to learn with Trey Lance. When Trey Lance comes in, you might see a little bit of a dip. Um, and I'm not debating that whatsoever because Trey Lance is raw. So the best thing for IU, the best thing for Trey Lance, the best thing for the Niners is to have Jimmy G start the whole year, then be good, go to the playoffs, and then Trey Lance starts next year. But that's why I like Brandon Ayuk. I think he's more insulated than anybody else and I think he's still going to be statistically a monster. And can we really account? We can't count on Debo being healthy. We can't. And Kittle missed time. And he runs so violently where he's probably going to miss time. If you look at projections, you don't see George Kittle being projected for playing, you know, 17 games. It's usually he's going to miss a couple games here and there. So I feel like you have to bake that in there as well. It's not a perfect scenario where all three of them are going to wind up playing a, a whole slate. So out of those three, I'll take Brandon Ike. Yeah, I just don't want to have to bank on an injury for my wide receiver to be a wide receiver one. That that's that's just my pushback on that. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm saying his upside is a low is a low end wide receiver one. You're going to get wide receiver one weeks. Uh, you saw that at the end of the season there. So I think that's not going to be shocking. I think he's going to be in the middle probably for as a wide receiver two, and you're going to be perfectly fine. It's going to be good. I love Brandon Ike. Let's go. I win. <laughs> all right tom has dubbed himself the winner of that first round let us know what you guys think on brandon iuk at ff underscore authority is the twitter handle if you guys are on twitter we'd love to hear from you next one is chase claypool and this was a guy that tom had 
uh, or is going to have on an upcoming Dynasty Sales video, a little little sneak peek right there. But I have him as wide receiver 19. Tom, you have him all the way down there outside your top 24 at wide receiver 27. But DLF has him at wide receiver 25. So you are closer uh, to the consensus there. I will start out with Chase Claypool then. And, and I think the big thing is, that people will say is Chase Claypool cannot repeat his touchdowns his touchdown rate from last year. He caught basically a touchdown every seven receptions and he can't do that. You know what? I'm an adult. I can admit that. I can admit that that's not going to go my way. Chase Claypool will not have the same touchdown rate. I can do that. But good. But even with that, he is in a higher passing uh, volume offense, the highest actually of last year. I mean, they chucked it all over the place, 650 times the Steelers threw last year. It was insane. Deontay Johnson had 78 drops. They threw it so much, and he <laughs> still was awesome. <laughs> they somehow kept on getting first downs. It was incredible. Yeah. But, okay, they have, they're in a very good passing offense. But through the first six weeks, uh, Claypool had more than four targets just one time. So he wasn't really involved in those first four or those first six weeks except for one game. Tom, do you remember that game? Do you remember I what do. game he was involved I in do. a little bit? Yeah, three, three three touchdowns, four touchdowns uh, total against, the, against the, the Philadelphia Eagles of uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> three, is he three receiving have... touchdowns, and he even had a rushing touchdown. Right, right. Is he going to have another t- four touchdown game? Well, hey, okay. But he only had four touchdowns in the in the remaining fourteen games. Besides, that. it was just not not so five touchdowns in two games. So is he going to have another four touchdown game? Probably not. But I don't think there's any reason to doubt that this size speed of a guy who is a down-the-field type of Kenny Galladay, Brandon Marshall type of wide receiver, who those guys are your higher-end touchdown guys. They're the guys that are getting 12 touchdown seasons, 14 touchdown seasons. There's no reason why they can't have multiple touchdown game weeks um, in, in any given week, honestly. So um, I think that's definitely still in the cards for him. So let's talk about how he gets there. And I think that's he improves his pass-catching rate, right? He only caught 57% of the balls thrown his way, which was pretty abysmal, honestly. Like, I know he's a down-the-field target, but he's not like – he wasn't DJ Moore from last year where he's getting 18 yards of reception. He was only at 14 yards of reception. And I think he gets better as a wide receiver. I think Big Ben's arm and elbow in particular um, gets a little bit healthier, and they start to change that offense under new OC Matt Canada. So, you know, I just think this is a guy that he's going to improve his play. Uh, Big Ben is going to be healthier, and he's going to – push the ball down the field more, which is more of Chase Claypool's strength anyways. So, no, he doesn't have to repeat that touchdown rate, but if he gets more targets, he only was not involved the first six weeks, really. So now he's involved from the week one. He gets more targets. He has a better catch rate. He makes up for all of that and does even more for you in his sophomore year. Two words, Najee Harris. Never heard of him. But, but Najee is part of the reason why I'm – you know, further down on Chase Claypool than I think you are. And I can put Claypool at wide receiver 25 and be perfectly fine with it. I probably will put him at wide receiver 25 after reflection. So I'll move him up two spots for you, Jobby. Boom, I win. So I think not really, not yet. 
Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. What, what, can you can you let me know why you have Brandon Ayuk over Chase Claypool? Because this is something I tweeted out, as you saw, and yeah. I just don't understand. Because when you look at these two offenses, you look at the two players. You have a higher touchdown upside player in uh, mm-hmm. Chase Claypool. You have a higher passing offense in the Steelers. You honestly okay. have a better quarterback, and you have a better overall athlete. Chase Claypool is just a better overall athlete than Brandon Ayuk, who is a good athlete in his own right. This is not a slander to Ayuk. I have him just outside QB2. But Claypool QB2, is, he's playing. See, Brandon Ayuk wider, is so good, he's playing quarterback. Wide receiver, okay, so He's a two. fucking athlete, all right, sir? <laughs> wide receiver, All right, two. so so Chase Claypool is the third wide receiver. He's the third receiving option on Pittsburgh. Maybe. Brandon Ayuk. Maybe. No, he is. Maybe. Why? Why? Why is he behind you? I, I think. I think he's. The, I think Deontay Johnson will outpace him as far as targets go. Uh, he's more of a down the field. He's more of a down the field guy, anyways. Yeah, but still, I think Deontay Johnson is going to wind up. He's going to be your target monster. You know what I mean? And I think Juju. He's pr- still probably going to outpace him this year. We'll see what he does next year. He came back on a on a discount and. Who knows what happens? And then you have Najee, who's going to catch a bunch of balls out of the backfield. Where you have Brandon Ayuk, you have George Kittle. Debo doesn't scare me at all. And then it's Brandon Ayuk. That's it. So I think he he might lead the team in targets. Right, but we're talking about 150 less targets, right? Maybe we don't know. They br- they bring Matt Canada in, and they talk about running the ball a hell of a lot more this year. So can you really say that Pittsburgh's going to pass the ball as much as they did last year? So if you knock out seventy five of those targets, then it, it comes back down. So I would rather have Brandon Ayuk there than Chase Claypool. I'm going to have the number one wide receiver as opposed to the the two at best, in my opinion or three wide receiver. And I just don't think that's going to happen. And IU's going to get in the end zone. They're going to manufacture touches for him. So they're, they're similar. I just, I like the style of play with Brandon Ayuk a, a lot more. And especially his situation where he's not vying for all these other targets uh, with these uh, you know superior wide receivers, in my opinion. All right. Well, you're absolutely wrong, but we're going to keep okay. going here. We're going to move on to one of your I mean, Eagles. You were, you were born, so we're going to move on to one of your Eagles here, Devonta Smith. And this is a, a rookie that you're pretty pumped up about. You're so pumped up. You have him over Jalen Waddle, who you actually had as your wide receiver one in this rookie class for quite some time. You mm-hmm. have Devonta Smith now a spot above him at wide receiver 19. I have him down at wide receiver 33. DLF has him as wide receiver 19 in Superflex, but they have him all the way down at wide receiver 27 in single QB again Huge discrepancy here, so I'm just putting them both in there. Tom, why do you have him so high? All right, so I actually wanted can, – can you tell me why you have him so low first? Yes. Because I feel like that's – because you're off the consensus here. Dynasty startups, he's going wide receiver 27. Super flex, for some reason, he's going 19. I don't get it. We're, we're both kind of with one of the consensuses here. Yeah. All right, so fine. I, I will go first. Devonta being that high is – who are they going to throw to, man? He's going to wind up with 100 and 120, 100 to 120 targets his rookie year, just out of the fact that everyone's trash out there. You have Dallas Goddard, so okay, he's going to get some. I, I figure he's good, good for between 85 and 105 targets. Jalen Rager, I mean, I don't know what his exact role is going to be, but if he gets 80 targets uh, and stays healthy, then okay. We have Greg Ward, Travis Fulgham. The running backs, you might have a running back lead the team in, uh, you know, receptions aside from Devonta Smith. 
So we just don't know. Um, but the big thing is he's just he's just that's what that team has been missing. I think they they traded up to get him because they knew how good he was and it's what they need. They're going to scheme him to get open. When you talk about the targets and how efficient he he was in college, I think he's going to be efficient out here. He's instantly the best pass catcher. I think defenses are going to focus on clogging the middle of the field and contain Goddard. Um, Rager could open the field up for him. He's Rager is going to be a better NFL player than he is a fantasy player. And I think Devonta is just going to eat, man. And that's <laughs> that's it. I don't I don't know how you don't have him above. So let's see some guys that you have him under real quick because you have him at, you have him ranked what at 80, 86th wide receiver, right? Right around there. How could you possibly have DJ Shark and Juju above him? Okay, like first it's DJ Shark. No, it's Shark. DJ Shark. He he doesn't get his name. Okay, so the problem with Devonta Smith is he could be amazing. There is definitely some bust potential that we have to admit. We have to accept that there is a decent size chance that he could be a bust as well i want you to give me a full list of wide receivers at 170 pounds who have succeeded in the nfl give me a full list i'm ready go a full list yep everybody you can Uh, think of i'm supposed to give you a full list right now give me me off the top so marvin harrison who was uh 10 pounds heavier than him not when they were playing man you listen to them talking they're playing at 165 pounds ocho cinco tried to block ray lewis in the end zone, gets drilled, and he's 170 pounds or 165 pounds. He came out I'll, and said it. I'll give you those two, but they are still listed right. as higher, and they Did, they weighed in during their combine at high. Deshaun lost weight when he came out, and he was light like that. Okay. Okay, these guys can fly, man. I don't know, but again, it, where were these guys drafted as opposed to Devonta Smith. So maybe Devonta Smith is even better than that. I mean, first because Ocho Cinco was first round, know, but not, round. A, not 10. Um, I do think he has obviously really good, good draft capital. And honestly, the bigger argument past the, the sizest issue that I have is that I don't know if this is the type of offense that he can succeed in, right? Like we have a Jalen hurts offense with Nick Sirianni, who I just really don't know what that mixture is going to be. Is it going to be a, a, a team that can throw the ball 600 times like we've seen the Eagles do in the past. I don't it, I don't think that's going to happen. Is Jalen Hurts the accurate type of quarterback that can get these these uh wide receivers the ball in space? Yeah, we saw it to a certain extent last year. We also saw him be super inaccurate at some points. And if this is a again going back to the size, I know everyone hates talking about the size, but he has the size that he has. If he gets a ball overthrown in the middle and he gets crunched, it's a little different talking about 170 pounds versus 190, 100, 200 pound wide receiver. Like there is just, there's a reason Deshaun Jackson misses so many games and you never project him for 16 games because he's always going to get hurt. And he, and he basically did every other year. You could, you could chalk it up. Sean Jackson's going to miss time. Right. So I give you Marvin Harrison. Absolutely. I'll even give you Chad Ochocinco, but he says he played at the lighter weight. He never weighed in uh, at that, that weight uh, for any records that we have. So um, basically we're talking about a list of two people. Uh, he can absolutely be that third Off the guy. Top of my head. He can absolutely be that third guy, 
but there is absolutely a chance that he's not. So I'm going to take Jalen Waddle uh, above him, who's a guy that you had ranked above him in the pre-draft process, a guy that I had ranked above him in the pre-draft process. I'm going to take him above him. Uh, T. Higgins, a guy that I really like. Deontay Johnson, you said a guy that's going to get peppered to targets, be number one on one of the top passing offenses in the NFL. So those are a lot of guys I'm going to take before him that you have him ranked over. Well, what about the guy, the two guys right in front of him? Uh, Juju and 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 Shark. Yeah, both both very young guys. I, I, they're probably not even a. I bet Juju is this probably the same age or at least the same year as Devonta Smith. So if Juju is the is the same age, we've seen him do it before. We know he can stick around in the NFL. There's absolutely no reason why you think Juju should have any drop off, especially if you're giving me the argument that Chase Claypool is going to be the third in that offense. If Juju is going to be the second in that offense, you're talking about him getting 120 targets like he did last year. So why would I take Devonta Smith over him if Devonta Smith's upside is 120 targets, which by the way, that's a super lofty projection for that offense and for any rookie in general. I mean, Justin Jefferson just had the best season of all time for a rookie. He had 125 targets. So we're talking about the best rookie wide receiver season of all time had 125 so we're, yeah, we probably also, should the first, pump the, pump the, the brakes first, on the his first production. couple weeks he didn't really he wasn't super involved the first couple weeks for Devonta he will be he's going in as the wide receiver one uh and also juju's 24 Devonta's 22 two years man makes two everything. years all right fair enough two-year-old enough. monster upstairs believe me two years is <laughs> lifetime <laughs> All right, Tom, let's move to the tight end position. This is going to be a spicy one. I am ready for this one. George Kittle kicks it off for us. You have him at tight end numero uno, baby, number one. Yeah. I, I have him as, you ready for this, even hotter, tight end five. Right, DLF so has him as consensus tight end two. Go ahead. I don't think having Kittle at one is having – I don't think that's spicy. I think five – that's where the spice comes in. One, you're basically like, all right, is it going to be Kelsey or is it going to be Kittle right now? If you want to throw in Waller as the wide receiver one, I think you're a little crazy. Some people immediately anointed Kyle Pitts as the wide receiver one. That's going to throw some things off. But basically, it's Kelsey or it's Kittle. And I, you're, you're bonkers, bro. Five? You know what's so interesting about this, and I feel like when we have players whose situations change as much as I think Kittles has from 2019 when he had his – or 2018, he had his really great year, right? Played all 16 mm-hmm. games. And then he had a really good um, per-game base, but I think he missed like three or four games in 2019. Um, yeah, I have actually – I have it right here. Let me just read. So uh, Kittle gets in 2018, he's at eight and a half targets per game. 2019, he's at 7.6 targets per game. Now you mix in Debo and Brandon Ayuk. Here is my point with this offense. It's going to be a lot, a lot of the same stuff that I'm talking about with uh, Brandon Ayuk earlier in the show. This is an offense that doesn't throw enough with Kyle Shanahan or Jimmy Garoppolo, or then if you bring in Trey Lance where it gets even worse for this argument, none of these guys are going to push this ball 575, 600 times to be able to have multiple playmakers. It's either going to be Kittle or it's going to be Brandon Ayuk or it's going to be Debo, it's not going to be all three. And some weeks it can be a couple of them, but most weeks it won't be. That's why I like Kittle the best out of all those groups, but he's going to drop because Brandon Ayuk is a force. I, I respect that. Debo Samuels is is a force, and I respect that as well. 
So I'm going to have him behind Kelsey. I'm going to have him behind TJ Hawkinson. I'm going to have him behind Darren Waller. And now Kyle Pitts with the trade of Julio. I'm going to have Kyle Pitts in front of him. Uh, George Kittle isn't going to see the 138 targets that he saw in 2018. He's not going to see the 107 targets. He only played you know, 14 games or something like that, but he had 7.6 targets per game in 2019. He's going to be down in in the 110 115 range which is going to limit that upside because guess what he is not a, t- a touchdown machine like some of these other tight ends at the top of the at the top of the pecking order so if he's not a touchdown machine he's not a high volume tight end he can't be a top 3 tight end for me that's just that's just not a, going to be uh, a thing for my rankings because i need that touchdown or i need that heavy volume and he's not going to have either well i mean last year he would have if he played all 16 games if you extrapolate everything out he would have been uh, 96 receptions. No, yes, 96 receptions and over 1,200 yards. So I don't understand the volume argument there. Sure, you bring in Trey Lance. We're going to see what's going to happen with that. But I don't think Kyle Shanahan necessarily wants to have that offense where it's just running the ball 20 times. I'm you sorry, don't think Kyle team. Shanahan wants an offense running the ball? No, no, I don't think he wants to only throw the ball 20 times, though. Right. I don't think right. it's going to be Baltimore. You know what I mean? Right. The Baltimore situation where it's a 58% run pass ratio, which is absolute fucking insane in today's NFL, is the exception to the rule, which that number is going to come up for Baltimore this year. So I, I think it's going to be close to 50-50, and I think in that circumstance, they can – both succeed as far as Ayuk and, and George Kittle. And George Kittle has shown he doesn't need a ton of volume to do what he does, um, but he's still going to wind up getting volume because he's, he's a beast. He's a monster. The big thing with him is, is health. And if you want to tell me you don't have him as, you know, your tight end, if you don't have him above, above Kelsey because uh, his health, then I say, okay, that's perfect. Well, fine. no, that's right first now, of all, that's consensus. So it's it's consensus. He starts out as two, and then if okay, I want to put Wal- if I want to put Hawkinson <clears throat> over him because Hawkinson is going to get that volume this year above him, and he's younger, and he doesn't have the same injury history. That's my next argument. Then you have Darren Waller, who's going to have probably 30, 20, 30 more targets than him, and he has a higher touchdown upside. That's my three. And then you have Kyle Pitts, who is obviously going to be Kyle Pitts this year, especially with Julio. Um, out um, that volume is going to be there so that's why at tight end five and I wouldn't be surprised if next year we come back around and if if Kittle's missed any time I mean you said earlier right that you can see George Kittle missing some time right you baked that in to the yeah. Brandon Ayuk projection so if he misses another three or four games and he's down there at 80 targets or 90 targets because he's missed four games he's going to drop he's literally going to going to plummet because people are going to be tired of him missing three four five six games every season yeah, I mean, it didn't really happen with Julio, and Julio was missing a couple games every. You know, he's not a tight end, but Gronk would miss games. That's fine. Um, he's just, I don't, I don't know how else to explain it, man. When he is actually playing and he's healthy, he's he's the best tight end in in football, probably. You know, uh, Kelsey is the best tight end in football right now, but Kittle is. Four years four. younger or five years younger? Four, four years younger. Okay, so he's four years younger, so that's why I have him ahead of him. Okay, okay. I win. Tom, next guy is Big Irv Smith. You have him at tight end 16. I have him at tight end 11, so not a huge discrepancy, but a little bit uh, there. And then DLF has him at tight end 12. 
Why do you have him a little bit lower uh, than myself? All right, so he's he's in this weird space for me because they have Justin Jefferson, they have Adam Thielen. I, they want to run the ball a lot, so we're talking again about passing volume and, and, and whatnot. So I'm not sure how much you know volume he's going to get. He's in a weird tier where he can move up to 13 and be perfect. I'm perfectly fine with it because right now I have Ertz assuming he's going to go, you know, to a tight end friendly team. Hunter Henry's right in front of him and Evan Ingram is right in front of him. So I don't mind if you move those guys down underneath Irv Smith. I just don't know about the production. I feel like he's, I don't know, man. I don't, I look at him. I don't have a lot of faith in him. That, that, that's all. I don't have like a great argument against Irv Smith. I also don't have a great argument for Irv Smith. So why don't you go ahead and sell me on Irv Smith? You looking for a good Wait argument? A I've got huh? one here for you. Ooh, okay. This says, explain to Tom why Irv Smith is so good. I'd be happy to, Golden Ticket. This kid is not even 23 years old yet. Like, whoa. Wow. Year let's, six in the NFL. Let's say it together, Tom. Tight ends take a couple years to fully develop. Oh, yeah. They do, right? This uh-huh. is his, He's going into his third year. He has been watered. He has been cultivated. He has been fertilized. And he is ready to spring into the top 12 dynasty tight end that he was born to be. So there's 106 <laughs> tight ends. <laughs> you can't, you can't laugh in the middle of my monologue. There's 106 targets to go around at the tight end position in the Vikings offense from last season. Let's say they stay pretty similar. Defense has improved a little bit. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll say it's around a hundred targets for the tight end position. Kyle Rudolph, see ya. Let's give Irv 70 to 75% of that. Right. So he's at around 70 ish targets. Now let's, let's take a stretch and say, would, could Adam Thielen, the over 30 year old wide receiver, take a step back maybe this year, just a little bit. Toss on another 10 targets towards a, a young athletic tight end that's growing chemistry, blooming, blossoming in his third year. Yeah, I think that could happen. Let's add a, some some targets there. So this is now going to be, you know, an 80-target guy. And Irv Smith is a, is, isn't a tight end that's only going to get you 10 yards, 9 yards of reception. He's a guy that's going to get you more like a wide receiver, 11, 11 and a half, 12 yards of reception. So I can absolutely see him being in the range of 65 receptions, 700 yards, 5 or 6 touchdowns. That's going to be a top 10 tight end in, in 2021. And if he's 23 years old, man, I feel like I have him too low at tight end 11. So that is why I'm going to make the argument that Irv Smith is probably even undervalued if we look at consensus and my rankings. Um, he should probably be going as a top 10 tight end with this uh, opportunity that he has before him. Yeah, I mean. Tell me why I'm wrong. I, Dude, you might be right. I, it comes down to volume for me. That's all it is. In that offense, I don't see the volume for him. We've talked about volume before with Kittle and Ayuk, and now it's I'm kind of flipping the script for you with you know Herb Smith. Kyle Rudolph, how many um top ten seasons did he have? Oh, probably just two. He had the one for sure. Uh, right. was that, two years ago. And then um, he had like ten touchdowns and, and he probably had maybe another one there. Right. I just don't feel like that offense is built around the tight end like at all like they're, they're going to depend on justin jefferson and adam thielen dalvin cook's going to get work out of the backfield you're going to also have uh you know madison's going to get some work i just i don't know how much room there is for him which is why i'd be down on him. i like the talent i just 
it's the offense. It's it's the same thing with a guy we're going to talk about coming up. If you want to just transition over to Cole Komet there, I have him ranked one spot behind Irv Smith. I just really – it's that offense, man. And and Robbie, you have him at tight One spot end. lower. We're, we're both one spot lower uh, than Irv Smith. Um, yeah. so you have him at 17. I have him at 12. And, again, DLF is really, really weird. So in Superflex, they have him as tight end 21. And then in single QB, they have him as tight end 12. So nobody can quite figure Cole Komet out. Tell me why you have him a little bit lower than I do. It's it's the same exact argument for Irv Smith. It's the offense. I didn't like Cole Komet coming out really either. So I didn't really like the athletic profile. I don't think he was going to be that good. And then he goes to the Bears, and I'm just like, okay, and you died. You're you're dead to me. So you have Allen Robinson in Chicago. They get Justin Fields, so maybe you have a rookie quarterback starting. I'm not exactly sure how he's going to be with the tight end, but. Cole Komet, especially this year, I, I don't see him developing to the point where he's going to be a top 12 tight end, especially in Dynasty. So you say you're worried about the offense and, and you're not sure if that volume is going to be there, if the offense is good enough, right? What if I told you that Jimmy Graham was tight end 13? Old, decrepit Jimmy Graham could make it work with Mitchell Trubisky, Nick Foles, you know, a worse offense, right? And now we have Cole Komet who slides in. You know, again, Jimmy Graham isn't gone, but I think he's going to be a cap casualty if we're being honest. If he doesn't take a pay cut, he's absolutely out the door there in Chicago. And if, and if Jimmy Graham can get 76 targets, catch 50 balls, 456 yards, eight touchdowns, Cole Komet can match that and probably improve the yardage because he's not going to be getting nine yards per reception. He Like Irv Smith, he's going to be a little bit more athletic than old Jimmy Graham. He's going to probably get you uh, more in the 550 yardage range. So um, he has a better QB than they had last year. Uh, I'll take absolutely Fields or Dalton. Okay, I prefer Fields, but if Dalton's there too, that's fine. You know, he's going to have a full season as Cole Komet being the starter, right? So Jimmy Graham, Jimmy Graham is most likely going to be gone. And and honestly, I just think that we didn't see Cole Komet really break out until about week 12, right? He didn't get consistent snaps until week 10. And then after week 10, he got about 70%. And then it slowly, gradually went up to 90% and then 100% as the year went on. And he didn't get consistent targets until about week 12. And from week 12 on, we saw the yardage was still sucky. His catch percentage was bad because he doesn't have the greatest uh, quarterback play. But after Allen Robinson, who do they have in that offense? Who do they have? Jimmy Graham was literally one of the, the leading target getters because they don't have anybody else. They have Darnell Mooney. They have Mooney. Anthony Miller. They have Javon Wims. They have Marquise Goodwin. Like These aren't guys that I'm worried about. So Cole Komet can absolutely potentially be that that number two target or number three if Tree Cohn is number two in that offense. I'm fine with him being number three. So um, I can absolutely see him. Same argument, getting close to Irv Smith. You know, 70 targets, um, 75 targets like uh, Jimmy Graham got, and, and just doing work with them. And if Jimmy Graham can be tight end 13 with that amount of work, Cole Komet can absolutely be a top 12 tight end. I just don't. I don't see the. I don't know if the efficiency is going to be there. Irv Smith would be more efficient because the weapons around him are going to take, you know, pressure off of him. You have Allen Robinson in Chicago, like you said, and then you have the running backs and that's it. So what are you going to do? You're going to put a safety. I, I'm putting a safety over top Allen Robinson, and then I'm going to concentrate everything on the middle of the field where Cole Komet probably is and try and stop the running game. I mean, Fair that's enough. what they, I mean, what did they do last year? I mean, I get everything you're saying. Sure. It sounds good if we're just saying it, but what, what, what was their, <laughs> what were their weapons last year? Right. They, they had, they had nobody, right. They had yeah. uh, 
they had Robinson and that's it. And then they had Mitchell Trubisky, who's who's not as good of a quarterback. They have Nick Foles. So they, they could have done that last year, but no, Jimmy Graham goes out and scores eight touchdowns and has 50 catches. So I, I get what you're saying, but it just, it didn't play out that way last year. Now we have a better insert, better athlete coming in. And I just think you're gonna have better results. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not going to trust him. <laughs> he is, he is not buying the Cole Clement hype right now, but it's uh, someone you are buying the hype on is Robert Tunyon. Now we have it flipped. You are, Higher on Robert Tunyon, tight end 11. I have him at tight end 18. DLF has him at tight end 13. So you're a little bit closer to consensus there. I'll just go first. I'm out. I'm, I'm out on Robert Tunyon. <laughs> he's a he's a one-hit wonder. He's a one-year deal. You heard it here first, folks. Someone's got to take a stand, and I'm taking that stand. This dude caught 52 of his 59 targets and scored 11 that touchdowns. Bad? That's pretty good. Amazing, right? Amazing. Yeah. Why should I be knocking that guy? 88% catch rate. That's amazing. Never going to happen again. Never going to happen again. No. You know what the average is? Even for tight ends who are not catching you know, down the field passes, they're, they're more uh, in the middle of the field, right? Their average is about 78 79%. This dude had 10% more. He should have only caught probably 45, 42 balls uh, instead of the 52 that he caught. Um, and then the the, t- the touchdowns, he had a three-touchdown game. Now, I made the argument earlier with Chase Claypool, can he have multiple touchdown games? Yeah, because I think he's that size-speed type of guy. I don't see the same thing for Robert Tunyon. He's, he was a nobody that just – there was nobody else there, right? There was Devontae Adams, who also missed a couple games, right? And then Robert Tunyon, that's it. That, that's all That's all that there was. Now there's Amari Rodgers, and I think that is going to add uh, to that, that pass-catching um, weaponry. And, and so I just don't see him getting back that touchdown total. And I don't see that efficiency returning in his receptions. So it's really for, for Bobby T it's, it's all about the touchdowns, right? That's it. It's about the touchdowns. In, insert Aaron tight Rodgers. end here. It's all about the touchdowns. Right? No, but with Aaron Rodgers, he's been looking for a tight end that he could get to in the red zone. You know what I mean? There was Devonte Adams and then there was no one else and they find one and Aaron Rodgers like, holy shit, I can trust this huge tree in the end zone. I'll just throw it up to him and he's going to bring it down. He had, what, five consecutive games with touchdowns to one, two, three, four, five, six out of, out of the last seven games he had touchdowns. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is just in love with that dude when he get down close. His volume is troubling, so I, I agree with that. However, I – I'm doing something that I typically don't do, and I'm counting on touchdowns from a tight end just because of Aaron Rodgers. If Aaron Rodgers goes away, Bobby Tunyon is dead to me probably. You know what I mean? Yeah. What if I told you that Aaron Rodgers had the highest touchdown passing rate since 2004? Mm-hmm. What, that, do you think because he keeps he, – Listen, he's throwing to trees in the end zone. You have Devontae Adams who no one can match Would up with Would you expect one-on-one. him to return uh, to a 92 percent touchdown rate in 2021 no, it'll, it'll go down it'll go down a little bit just by the law of averages but at the same time his average is is like five it, it'll it'll be higher than that it'll you know seven and a half eight and a half it'll, he'll be eight and a half that's still like yeah. that's league leading oh yeah oh yeah he'll, he listen he's basically alex trebek at this point okay he's just out there throwing fucking insults at defenses so he's witty it's fine
Aaron Rodgers, obviously higher touchdown type of guy, really obviously one of the better quarterbacks, uh, one of the best actual pure passers that we've had in, in a while. His touchdown percentage is 6.3 on average. He had 9.1. It, it, mm-hmm. It's going to drop. It, the previous two years is at 4.6, 4.2. Two years before that, 6.6, 6.7. He's going to be at 6.5 if he's lucky, which means we lose about eight touchdowns, ten, eight to ten touchdowns if he throws Maybe. the same amount. But he was also the best quarterback in the, in the league last year. He was just stupid good. So I don't know why he's going to regress that much. I feel you, homie. I just think when they get down to the red zone, it's the Devontae and Tunyon show. Martin Rogers, baby. AJ Dillon, baby. Stop He's been catching it. passes, they say. Oh, really? With what? Like between his hamstrings it's and shit between like Between his thighs. Yeah. Uh. Wow. Ooh, look at that. That's a volley. Pop. It popped. The ball popped. Damn, he's strong. Can't run worse shit, but he's strong. All right, Tom. Anything else to wrap us up before we get out of here? Nah, man. Looking forward to uh, getting back in the saddle with you next week when we talk about whatever it is the hell that we're going to talk about. Yes. So to update all of the fans that we have listening and Tom, my co-host on what we're talking about, um, we really enjoyed talking these rankings disputes. It kind of gives you all a a 360 view on why we like guys and and why we don't like guys. But now we want to talk about what I think is a really hard topic to kind of parse out. And that's your sophomore running backs and wide receivers ranked with your rookie running back wide receivers. How do we view these guys? It's kind of the, the cornerstone pieces, if you will. We're not diving into Debbie. We're not getting into the college players, but we're looking at some of these younger assets and how you parse through all of them and, and maybe some of the differences we have and thoughts we have with some of these players. So that's what we have to look forward to next week. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.